Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host Gary Hartman, who's looking awfully refreshed after a week off in Denver. Gary, how's it going, buddy? It's good, man. It's good to see your face. I know it was only a week off, but it felt like forever. I, I missed it, and I'm very excited to, to get going here today. I had a great little trip. Great to get back out on, on vacation, but happy to be home, happy to talk some cards. You get a week off in Denver, hiking the mountains with Levitan and, and Wiggins, and I get two weeks with three kids and my wife in Kansas. <laughs> Basically we're, the same. We're different levels of refresh right now, brother. You were in Kansas? No, my, my wife was in Kansas. Well, oh, I'm wow, stuck your here wife in Nebraska. Was in Kansas. Yeah, gotcha, so, gotcha. <laughs> so the best part is my wife gets back and she comes back with a cold. Knock on wood. Hopefully not, oh hopefully not a COVID cold, right? Sure. <laughs> but she gives it to the entire family. So now the entire ah. family is dealing with a cold. So uh, apologies if I'm sniffling or clearing my throat or sound extra raspy today, but uh, dealing with a cold after two weeks of, of hanging out with my three kids. So You sound great to me. How'd you do being the first time with, with all three on your own? You do all right? Uh, yeah, I would like to say so. Uh, I don't know if if the other family members that were here to help out would agree with that, but uh, <laughs> I, I think things went okay. The kids stayed alive and and they're healthy and happy, so that's all I can ask for. That is quite literally all you could ask for. Very good. I'm exactly. Good. Exactly. Good dad. Good dad award. All right, we teased it last week. Uh, biggest giveaway in show history: our short fifteen episode show history. <laughs> I think so. I, it, it has to be our first slab. Why don't you yep. pull that up for anyone Let's watching? Remind, on- remind the people. We got yep. the Mark McGuire Team USA while we're in the midst of the Olympics right now. Uh, and that is our our slab. And we had the little bit of the, the Giannis Prism lot with five different years, plus a bonus Spectra MVPs card. So you got six Giannis cards and the Mark McGuire PSA 8 USA Baseball Rookie Card slab. Both very timely give uh, timely cards. And I think it's a, it's a great giveaway. So excited to hear who won. A great giveaway. Very timely, as you mentioned. Want to thank you guys all for subscribing, rating, reviewing the podcast. I think last check, right before we hopped on here, we, we looked at the numbers. We're up to 77 reviews, which is amazing on Apple iTunes. We really appreciate you guys for doing that. Uh, Gary and I have read each and every one, some funnier than others, some more insightful than others. But seriously, all honest feedback uh, is appreciated. And Anyone that's left any any criticism or any recommendations, we've definitely heard them. We'll try to incorporate that into the show going forward. Once we get settled into football season and, and Gary and I's schedules kind of uh, settle in, we'll we'll look into adding more guests to the shows and talk about more sports specific stuff with some experts who have a little bit more knowledge than than Gary and myself in those fields. Yeah, absolutely. We really do appreciate the feedback, and it's we take it to heart. And you know, we're listen. We're, we're trying to grow this thing and get better every day. So keep keep it coming. We we want the suggestions, and we hear you, and and we're excited to keep growing this thing. All right. Without further ado, we spun the wheel off air. I told Gary the winning name. I can't believe this is something that I'm going to say and put into the ether. But the winner of this week's giveaway of the Mark McGuire of the Giannis lot is none other than Cat Killing Ginger. All right. Cat Killing Ginger. If that if you're out there, <laughs> please, no more killing of cats, first of all. If you're out there, Cat Killing Ginger, you are the winner. DM Gary or myself at ghartman314 on Twitter, at cmain7. You can DM the show at CollectionETR. Get a hold of us. We will, we will promptly send out your cards. Uh, that are in that are yours, cat killing gingers. They're, they're your cards. They're you want them fair and square. <laughs> we we don't we don't condone any harm of cats, uh, but I do understand that being a ginger for some people has has led to a difficult life. So you know, listen, you you do what you can, but we don't condone the name. We but we do appreciate you listening, and we're very excited that you're able to win these cards. Uh, yeah, as soon as you get us your address, we'll get these out to you asap. And congratulations, cat killing ginger. All right, guys, continue to subscribe, rate, review the pod. Uh, we'll continue up with the, the giveaways for our OG listeners. I think I'm up next. Uh, there's a guy that I told you guys about uh, in episode 14 that I'm buying, and I'm planning on giving one of those cards away that I've been buying. So we'll, we'll oh. leave a little bit of suspense. We're going to have to hit a milestone. Can I, I enter? What, that... what? Can I enter? 
<laughs> no, you can't enter. You didn't I, even know I, his name. I, well, you know what, though? I, I want to get my UFC collection going. That's it. That's as much as I tease. I'll tease. All right, good enough. Very Every, everyone knows who we're talking about, but that's okay. We'll, yeah. we'll tease that. Uh, let's, let's try and hit a big milestone, and then we'll give one of those away. But uh, again, oh, yeah. appreciate you guys for being here, for listening, for subscribing, rating, reviewing. It, it really does help the show out. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Just quick, quick news and notes section for today's episode. Obviously, a whole lot going on in the hobby. We've got really two weeks to catch up on. We're not going to take uh, a whole lot of time out of today's show to do that. The biggest thing is the national. The national happened. Seemed like a raging success based off of everything that I saw on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, looked like it even poured over to Facebook a little bit for me. So everywhere, all over social media, the the, the national kind of took center stage at the hobby. We had a few members in the Discord, the Discord, the Establish the Run Discord that uh, mentioned that they attended. They shared, shared some awesome stories. Sounded like it was a huge success. Anything to add to the week that was at the National? No, yeah, I'm very happy to hear it went well. For By all accounts, it was the biggest one yet. By far the most people, it was packed. Uh, you know, and and it, it to me, it's just a great sign for the hobby moving forward. Very happy to hear it was success. Happy they were able to get it in amongst these times. And uh, I can promise you I will be there next year because it is in Atlantic City confirmed. So end of July 22, I will be there. We're going to get ETR to fly Cody out. He's going to stay at my apartment in New York City. We're going to we're going to go to uh, Atlantic City. We're, we're going to get this thing going next year. You heard it here first. I was just thinking if if you haven't swung your weight around with Adam and Taylor yet to get all expenses paid trip, they only need to pay for one guy. They need to pay for one now. That's it. And expenses, just give me flights out there, man. I'll I'll hang with you. I'll crash at the uh, I'll crash at the Gary Pad and our table space. That's it. But besides that, they're good. You know, and not maybe too much. maybe a few thousand dollars to buy a few slabs while we're there. And, Taylor, you know, Adam, is that too much to ask for? Maybe five grand each to gamble in ASP. That's not that much. <laughs> We're not asking for too much. All right. All right. Like we said, not not a whole lot to get into uh, as far as news and notes. We'll we'll try and catch up slowly on those over the next couple episodes. But we really wanted to get back to our core, back to being sports heavy and, and some analysis here. And Gary and I both love the transaction aspect of sports. MLB MLB trade deadline just happened. NBA draft. NBA free agency is underway. The transaction is almost as good as the action, sometimes even better than the action. And the hobby certainly seems to agree. So let's kick it off here with the MLB trade deadline. I think the official MLB Twitter account summed things up perfectly when they just simply tweeted, was this the best trade deadline ever? And look, we, we don't need to get into, you know, was it was this the best trade deadline ever? Was Have, have there been better ones in the past? But no doubt, was there was there a ton of big names involved? Kick it off. What was the first move? What was the move that caught your eye the most from a hobby perspective? Was there anyone that uh, really jumped out at you among a list of big names that were on the move at deadline? Yeah, I mean, it really might have been the biggest. There were so many stars in slash superstars that were moved. Uh, to me, the biggest storyline of this whole trade deadline was the Cubs blowing it up. You know, they won in yeah. 2016. Uh, so we're not that long. We're not that far removed. And, you know, they got the monkey off their back. And I think all Cubs fans would say, hey, they were happy they did that. And most of the guys that they shipped out uh, over the trade deadline were guys that helped them accomplish that goal. So, uh, you know, three of their young to, you know, prime type superstars are, are now in different markets and all went to big markets. So um, exciting. I actually just read a, a quote from um, David Ross that is it David Ross um, that said, they, they maybe one day they, they can expect these guys to come back. So, hey, maybe it's literally just rentals for some of these guys, but they are now out. And of course, we're talking about uh, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, and Anthony Rizzo, um, three guys that I think all Cubs fans adore and are now on three teams that are trying to contend. Did you see that all three of these guys hit home runs in their in their respective debuts with their new teams? Is that right? I didn't realize yeah. that. I mean, the, the only one I, I knew for sure was Rizzo, obviously, because he went to the Yankees. So I, I've been watching him. But uh, that's crazy. Wow. So, so quick here on each of these guys, because they, like you said, they they got shipped out from a Cubs team that was not contending, um, severely underperforming. Chris Bryant headed to the, heads to the Giants, San Francisco. His Bowman Chrome base in a PSA 10 is up about 16% over the last seven days, uh, which includes a little bit of time before the deadline. Uh, most recently selling for around $70. He's a 2016 NL MVP. The Giants are, are in the lead for the NL West trying to hold off the Dodgers, who we'll talk about in a second here. Is there any takeaway in the short term for the rest of this season with his card market or anything long term that you're looking at? Does this move do anything for you in terms of his market? 
Yeah, Bryant's probably the most interesting hobby name of these guys. He's a former mega prospect and yeah. ha- obviously has had success on the major league level. Um, power hitting, somewhat of a five-tool type of, of guy. Goes to the Giants, who are actually the number one team in baseball right now. They have the best record in the league. So, you know, th- we've seen them come out of nowhere to compete and win World Series like they're seemingly doing this year. So the only thing I could say with Bryant is, you know, I think he has some like really serious collectors, people that have held this stuff for long term. If he can help this Giants team get actually get it over the top, get past that Dodgers juggernaut in the playoffs. And he's a big part of that. I do think we would see another bump. We did see, as you mentioned, a a quick bump right at the at the um moment of the trade. Uh particularly you mentioned his Bowman Chrome. That stuff's gonna that bump will, will last a little bit longer. He mm-hmm. was in tw- 2015 tops and tops chrome. That stuff it uh hit a quick boost like 20% boost right when the trade happened. Now it's kind of like if we're just taking his paper 2015 tops rookie card PSA 10 right back into that 50 to $70 range. So I think it's yeah. very, it's definitely the highest pop of these three guys because he was such a major, um, a major prospect. So to me, it's kind of a wait and see approach. You probably can, you know, if he, if he stays hot with the giants, you might be able to turn in a little bit of profits while his name's still fresh in that market. But, um, you know, again, he, he's, he's somebody that is, has a lot of stuff circulating out, circulating out there. All right, his former teammate, Anthony Rizzo, heads to your New York Yankees, a much-needed lefty bat for your your Yankees. They're they're trying to get back into contention here. I think I saw lastly they were uh, three games back in the wildcard standing. Are they going to make a push with Rizzo now? Yeah, they've been playing better. Uh, I, I The Yankees frustrated <laughs> me to no end. Um, but, yeah, they won 13-1 to tonight. That was nice to see. Rizzo's off to a, a white-hot start. Which is really yeah. great. He came in. He's hitting. He's hit a couple home runs. He seems to be on base every game. Great fielder as well. I'm really enjoying him in pinstripes. It's it's great to have that lefty bat in Yankee Stadium alongside with another guy that they acquired, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, yeah, I mean, from him, he's a 2011 rookie guy. He's been in the league for a long time. He has a great story. He's overcome cancer. Uh, is a World Series winner. Was a huge part of those successful Cubs teams. To me, he's kind of a guy whose market is is stabilized. You're going to see a little bit of bumps with him going to even a bigger market in New York if they can actually make a run. Which, uh, listen, I have no faith in this Yankee team. I think Boone stinks. Um, you know, they have two teams in front of them in the division, but I do think they'll sneak into the playoffs. So, hey, if he if he you know the Yankees at least in the New York market, I can tell you from being here, are under a microscope at all times. So obviously, there's going to be plenty of collectors in this area that maybe want to get involved with him. Yeah, so his name will be a little bit more present for the rest of the season, where you might be able to kind of cake quick. Uh, some quick flips, but I think long-term, I don't think this affects him much at all. He's probably one of the top 10 to 12 first basemen of the last decade. And um, he's had a really solid career and and his market reflects that, you know, his um, 2011 tops update paper rookie card is going for around 200 to $250 right now on eBay. That's up like 75 bucks um, from right before the trade. So you're seeing a little bump and I would expect it to stay around that $200 range. And the last of the Cubs' big three, uh, Javi Baez gets shipped out of Chicago, traded to the Mets again in New York for Pete Crow Armstrong, one of their top prospects, if if not their top prospect. You'll have to tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, Baez, a 2018 NL MVP. Same story with him as far as his market goes. Some some mixed reviews since his trade. The pop reports on these aren't huge. We haven't been a ton of sales yet. Uh, but his top's chrome base going anywhere from 75 to 125 bucks after the deadline seemed to seem to see a little bit of a spike. I don't know if you see anything different with with any of his other cards, but like I mentioned, he hits a debut. Uh, he hits a home run in his Mets debut. The Mets have a two and a half game lead in the NL East, so it seems like all these guys are, are at least being traded team to teams in the short term. Get a little bump in their market in terms of uh, the the markets that they go to, a little bit big, bigger markets, and on top of that, they're playing for teams that are contending at least for a playoff spot or might might have the ability to make a run. So, uh, yeah. anything anything you see differently with Bias? Just quickly with bias to me, he's the most interesting. He's only, as you mentioned, only two years separated from the MVP season. Um, and is kind of has a lot of flash. So if you could really put it together in the New York market, I would say the Cubs and the Mets are pretty similar in markets. If you went to the Yankees, you might see a little bit of, of a, even a, a stronger boost there. Um, but, you know, he is somebody that's flashy. He could be super, sorry, super flashy, very marketable. And, you know, I, I actually really think that Mets team is is solid. If DeGrom can come back healthy, I think they have a chance to also make a run, you know, right there with the Giants and the Dodgers and the Padres. The problem is the NL is a, is a real juggernaut. But uh, as you said, we have seen a little bit of bumps, particularly on that Topps Chrome rookie card. Um, I like Baez long term. I like him. I think you know if, if the if the Mets hang on to him long term, he's somebody that I would look to possibly buy right now. All right, a few other guys. Let's quick hit before we get into NBA talk here. Uh, Schwarber goes to the Red Sox. Scherzer and Trey Turner in a blockbuster deal to the Dodgers. Uh, anything to take away from those? I know that you were kind of a big seller of Schwarber when we talked a few weeks ago. Um, 
he's kind of having an outlier season in terms of uh, at least an outlier first half of the season he was in terms of his home run numbers was just hitting for insane power any changes with your stance on Schorber now that he's playing in Boston I just think the selling window just stays open longer now. He's yeah. uh, he's on the best team in the AL, unfortunately, in the Boston Red Sox. So if this regular season isn't a fluke and they keep competing into the postseason and he keeps up his numbers that he was performing on Washington, you're going to see those prices continue to rise. So if you have Schwarber stuff, I'm all for selling it as the Red Sox go on a playoff run. Um, to hit on Scherzer and Trey, uh, obviously probably the biggest blockbuster, as you mentioned, the – Nationals were able to get the Dodgers two top prospects back. Josiah Gray, a pitcher, Kybert Ruiz, a catcher. The problem with those two guys are they're a pitcher and a catcher. That's the problem, right? They're your two most least desirable positions from a hobby perspective. Uh, Ruiz is an interesting guy, switch hitter, um, who is a very, one of the top tier catching prospects in baseball. So I would think that um, he might, you know, get a little bit of a boost just from his name being around. Maybe he gets up to the bigs a little bit sooner than expected with the Nationals in rebuilding mode. So just somebody to keep an eye on. As far as Scherzer's, Scherzer's concerned, he's one of the best pitchers of all time. His market's going to stay the same either way. If he helps him win a World Series, maybe you see a little bit of a bump. Trey Turner, um, not to get too into specifics, he's already pretty expensive. He's one of the young shortstops in the league. He does everything but hit for power. He hits for average. He steals bases. He's um, kind of a, a fan favorite. Kids like him. So he's somebody that was already expensive. I'm not expecting to see too much of a bump unless he's a big player in the Dodgers World Series run. The only other thing, Cody, real quick, I want to touch on, we just we missed on the Cubs guys, is the prospects coming back. I want to touch on this real quick. Yeah. You mentioned Pico yeah, Armstrong. Pico Armstrong was out of 2020 Bowman draft, was one of the Mets' top prospects. He is now listed as the Cubs' number six prospect on MLB. He's probably right around the outside the top 100 range, probably like 90 to 110 in baseball. Interesting young name, uh, you know, going to the Cubs, and I would imagine he's a big part of their outfield in the future. So somebody just to keep an eye on, Certainly will have real opportunity there. Uh, the biggest prospect to me in the, those deals was who the Giants got back for Bryant, which was Alexander Canario, uh, outfield. Now he's also the seventh ranked prospect for the Cubs. So him and Pete Armstrong right there, maybe they could be the future outfield for the Cubs. He was in 2019 Bowman Chrome. I like him a little bit more just because he's a little bit cheaper than Pete Armstrong. However, he was still a big name in the hobby. So uh, two guys to keep an eye on from a buying perspective, keep an eye on how they're doing in the minor leagues. Uh, the Rizzo trade, no, no one of note from the Yankees, a pitcher, Vizcaino, and a middling outfield prospect in Alcantara. Okay. Anybody else, uh, as far as trade deadline goes, that you want to hit on before we move on to NBA talk here? I know your Yankees got another lefty bat with Joey Gallo from Texas. Does he do anything for you? I know you, <laughs> it doesn't sound like you really trust the Yankees a whole lot, but uh, Joey, Joey Gallo in, in pinstripes, does that do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, I just don't trust the Yankees a whole lot as far as this Cashman-Boone era has not yeah. been a very successful one. And um, I think everyone's taken a step back under Boone. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm obviously I'm a huge Yankee fan. I'm hoping for the best. I love that they got Gallo and Rizzo, though, because the one thing this team was missing was power-hitting lefties in that short porch in Yankee Stadium. But the interesting thing Gallo has going for him is it's they have we have him under contract for two years. So in all likelihood, or a year and a half, you know, we have him for the rest of this year, make the run, that's great. And then in all likelihood, uh, he will be a starting center or left fielder for us next year, which is which is fantastic. So I actually think he's in a really good spot hobby-wise. Uh, you might have missed a little bit of a window to sell, but it's probably going to stay open a little bit longer while he's in New York and playing every day. Um, he hasn't gotten off to that same hot start as Rizzo has, but once he starts hitting a little bit in that Yankee Stadium porch, you might be able to see a little bit even more of a bump. Um, I'm seeing that his 2015 Topps Chrome is also up around $75 to $100 just from some quick comps. I, uh, he's going for around $250 to $275 on that PSA 10 right Right now, he's in a very good spot. And we always said this, power hitters uh, in big markets yep. is what sell. He's a true power hitter, you know, 50 home run type upside power hitter. So uh, somebody that I'm interested in, um, both in the, the midterm and long term, you know, with over the next year and a half uh, that we know he's for sure on the Yankees. I love it. You've gotten me more into the MLB from a, a collecting perspective. I've taken the advantage to to buy a few guys that were injured and starting to sell some of those guys as they return from injury, some, some short buying and selling windows just to get the feel for uh, how the MLB market operates a little bit, but that market's gone, come and gone. The, the trade deadline has come and gone. We're transitioning quickly here in the sports world to NBA talk, and NBA has definitely taken over the sports world again, as it tends to do. It's become a year-round venture. It's become a year-round uh, discussion point for anybody that's involved in sports or the hobby, and we transition seamlessly from MLB draft, from MLB trade deadline to NBA draft and free agency. But first. We were off last week, so we didn't get any immediate reactions following the draft. So going back to Thursday, any thoughts uh, after after having a few days to chew on it from some of the guys that came out of the NBA draft? 
Yeah, I mean, I love this time of year, and it's it's so fun that it's even more abbreviated with yeah, everything that happened with COVID back, that we went. Back. Finals, draft, free agency. So uh, we'll go in that order. We talked about the finals last week. Uh, yeah, I like this draft, man. I, I think it's fun. Um, I think there's some really interesting names that could flash in markets that they might have the ability to kind of really take center stage right away. Uh, obviously, starting with the top in Cade and Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green, both guys that will have the opportunity to kind of be the leaders on their team right off the bat. So um, very exciting and draft to me just from a, from a uh, big picture of you. What about you? Yeah, I want to get your thoughts on Cade because – We've talked about this a whole lot, where, where things are going to land when it comes to when, when WAX starts to come out, when we start to get new products for these guys and where prices are going to fall when we get into box breaks and, and even buying singles. So, Cade, if you don't know, it's a six foot eight, 220-pound big guard. Uh, he can score at all three levels. He's a great shooter, but he's already getting Luka comparisons, right? Yeah, like you're seeing it from mainstream media outlets. It, it seems a little bit absurd. So I wanted to get your take. Uh, and where where you think Kate is going to kind of fall on that spectrum, the size is going to give him give him those Luca comps, and the fact that he's not super over athletic, kind of has the you know that that I don't want to say doughy body type, but kind of has that uh, you know just just big overall big physical body type. Uh, he's going to get the Luca comparisons, and where I fall on Kate, I think is going to come to come down to where the hobby falls on Kate. If they're pricing him at that level. Uh, right out of the gate and, and after products are released and I'm having to you know pay that pretty penny to get involved in the Cade Cunningham streets, I might have to be out. So so where are you at with Cade? Is he is he more Luca or where where does he fall in on that spectrum? Yeah, let's keep our expectations in check here. I mean, I, to me, no one is 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 going to be looking right. for a long time. So, uh, I do like Kate Cunningham as a prospect a lot. I'm with you. It's really more interesting. Going to be interesting to see what the hobby does as a whole with this whole class. So, uh, I actually think this class as a whole, especially coming off the the draft, was considered a much better class than last year. Although that class has now overachieved Lamelo, Halliburton, those guys compared to what people were expecting. But I think Wax got up so high this past season. And a lot of that was twofold. One, Lamelo exceeded all expectations and became this kind of megastar uh, for pop culture and on uh, pop culturally and on the court. Um, and it kind of just rolled right over from the boom and the Zion class being so freaking nuts. So I think all those things kind of resulted in Wax this season being crazy to the point where you can get Panini Select that just came out last week, still on Panini website tonight for $980 a box. The reason you can still get them is because they're $980 a box. So, right. you know, I think that that, will, that market will have to correct itself a little bit with the wax having been so high this past year um, and with this class, maybe not having as much hype as the last two, just when you could put LaMelo into it. However, uh, I do think people have been hyped about Cade Cunningham for a long time. He's somebody's he's a name that's been in people's minds for maybe two plus years now. And I like him. I think that if he does hit and I'm not saying he's going to be Luca, but if he does hit, you know, I'm talking top 30 ish player in the NBA. Um, he's in a big enough market in Detroit and he's got that skill set that would translate to a, a strong hobby uh, value. So I'm taking, I'm with you. I'm taking the wait and see approach on him. It'll be interesting to see what happens right when those uh, products come out. Yeah, after Cade Jalen Green goes 102 to the Rockets um, by draft night, it really wasn't much of a surprise. Evan Mobley was right there in in a lot of mock drafts, but I don't. I, I think by draft night, it wasn't much of a surprise that the Rockets opted for Jalen Green. And I don't want to flag plant too many guys early. But I freaking love Jalen Green. Yeah. So if there's going to be a big, you know, big price gap between someone like Jalen Green and Katie Cunningham, or maybe even Mobley, who had a lot of hype coming out too, um, I want to be in on Jalen Green early. And there's another guy that we'll talk on uh, a little bit later down the board that the Rockets also drafted that we both like. So if we're getting involved in team breaks, you got a few opportunities there to get guys you like. I love that Houston's kind of in the early stages of this this rebuild here, and he's going to get his chance to just blossom. And he's a 19-year-old kid, going to pack on some weight, I would assume, with an NBA weightlifting regimen and things like that. But he's extremely fast, bouncy, athletic, twitchy, whatever adjective you want to use for this guy. And is another guy that can is capable of scoring at all three levels. He shot well enough from three. He can clearly finish at the rim. Super bouncy guy. Going to be electric, I think. Um has some warts on on the defensive end that will give him some concerns early in his career, but but what rookie doesn't? And I think some of his concerns are that he's a little over aggressive, which might lead to some runouts and some some open court, uh, pretty incredible dunks. So, I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch. I don't know what your thoughts are on Jalen Green and, and the Rockets draft in general, and talk about our boy uh, if you want to go into the other the other first round pick that they had. 
Yeah, well, we're on the same page that of those three, Jalen Green is the one I'm most excited about, both probably on court and definitely in the hobby. So he's somebody that is going to be thrust right into that role to be able to basically be the leading scorer off the bat, probably put up 20 points per game um, in his in his first season. And he got the, the, the reason that he's most interesting to us was as a, you know, he's a, he's a scorer and he's a pretty polished scorer already. Who It's it's interesting. It's almost like an oxymoron, but he's a polished scorer who's still raw, which is like almost yeah. exciting for for his out, you know, for, for his future outlook. So, yeah, as you said, you know, we've seen skinny guys succeed in the league before we'd like to see him put him on a little bit of weight but yeah when you when you're talking about Cade who's going to be kind of like the Trevor Lawrence ish right um or the Joe Burrow from last year for talking football and then you're talking about Mobley who is a big man so historically we kind of shy away a little bit in the hobby uh Jalen Green's kind of going to be that perfect medium right he's going to be a potential all-star type scorer uh who will be cheaper than the than the, the top top name but in a better position than the other top the top guy in the class. So we're in the same boat on Jalen Green. Very excited about him and also excited about what the Rockets are doing and what you're um, referring to as far as what you were just getting into. It is we're, we're both pretty high on the Rockets' other uh, first-round pick, Alperin Sengun, who is the center from Turkey. Uh, a lot of guys, he was in their top five or six prospects coming into the draft. I know Hollinger had him as like a top three or four guy. Yeah. Uh, and to me, just watching some clips and you know, he's he's a young kid. Uh, I, I'm excited about it. And maybe it's the Jokic effect. I'm not saying he's going to be Jokic, but just like these bigger, you know, uh, weirder looking big men from Europe that have kind of awkward, kind of awkward, yeah, right? Kind of awkward to come in and <laughs> but have so much natural ability. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's 19. And I, I mean, I'm very excited about the possibility of, of uh, Shangun. Yeah, so he literally turns 19 four days before the draft, right? Yeah, so he's right. 18. He wins Turkish League MVP which I know this gets talked about with Luca a lot, and I don't want to throw around these these Euro comparisons lightly. Obviously, I'm not comparing him to Luca, and you're not comparing him to Jokic. No. But he's playing against grown-ass men yeah. yep. as an 18-year-old, and he's a big dude. He's like 6'10", 240. Yeah. Um, like you said, he's kind of a, kind of got an awkward, uh, awkward body style about him a little bit too, big physical guy. But 18 years old, game's still developing. He wins league MVP playing against, you know, 30, 25, 30 year old men. So I'm excited about this guy. Uh, we at ETR are going to be on, on some of these too many Euro guys. If we, <laughs> if we keep going <laughs> at, the, the, at the rate that we're going, I do want to say the Turkish league is no joke. That's like no. top three or four in, yeah. in Europe. I know for sure. So, you know, the, right. The fact that he's one MVP of that league, right. At 18 years old. And is you know, as you said, going against grown men, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, crack that rotation early, have some yeah. success uh, earlier than people su- uh, maybe expect. And, you know, from a hobby perspective, if he is one of those big men that's more versatile, could do, can you know, is a little bit better passer, could do more things than just kind of dunk and rebound, um, we've seen that have some value in the hobby. Obviously, Jokic is, is an, a little bit of an outlier, but um, Aiton we saw in the playoffs start to have some some real value. And so, again, you know, from, from a guy like that, you know, we're talking, we'll get into this when these products come out, but the group breaks, like, how can you not love buying the Rockets as compared to maybe some yeah. price like like what the Pistons will, will cost um, or the Magic even, which we'll get into in a minute, which I'm sure will be more expensive. So, yeah, uh, I like I like the Rockets a lot, what they did. All right, you alluded to it, the Magic. We skipped over a lot of these names to go from 102 to, to Alperin Shangun. So let's yeah. let's give these these early guys some love. What, what, did, what did the Magic do that you liked or didn't like? Yeah, so I think the biggest first surprise on draft night was that the Raptors at four opted to go with Scotty Barnes, yeah. um, you know, from Florida State, as opposed to Jalen Suggs, who uh, obviously from Gonzaga, uh, a world-class athlete, was maybe one of the biggest names in college basketball last year. And I think a lot of people think that Jalen Suggs probably actually has the highest floor of this entire class. So that was definitely a little bit of a surprise. Now, the Raptors are going to do what the Raptors are going to do. Scotty Barnes is a really interesting, versatile guy, 6'9", um, you know, probably really slides into what the Raptors like to do with kind of those versatile wings. They have OG out over there and they just re-signed Gary Trent. Uh, but uh, they, I guess they like what Scotty Barnes, and I know a lot of people do. Uh, I'm not that excited about Barnes from a hobby perspective. He can't really shoot yet. That's, that's um, concerning to me. It kind of reminds me of Patrick Williams at fourth overall last year, you know, fourth overall pick, not loving the necessarily loving him from a hobby perspective, but the magic on the other hand, I love Jalen Suggs as a prospect, and I think the Magic finally caught a break in the draft here, uh, getting a true uh, just point general 
uh, possible future all-star. You know, the only issue there is that backlog in the backcourt in Orlando. So, you know, they have obviously Jalen Suggs, I think comes in and is probably already, you know, the alpha, but they do have Cole Anthony was their first round pick last year. They have Markel Fultz, former number one overall pick who's starting to turn his career around before the injury last year as well. And then they also traded for RJ Hampton at uh, around the deadline last year as well. So they have four first round point guard type players or combo guard type players that are all are young and you can argue all have pretty solid upside. So it'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah. How do you think that that's going to shake out? They've got so many guys and only, you know, really what 96 minutes uh, of playing time available for those guys. So you have Suggs, Hampton, Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. Is there going to be a dip in any of those guys that you might like long-term uh, with, with Suggs coming in and, and theoretically taking over playing time immediately? Will will RJ Hampton see a dip? We know he's a guy from last year's class, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. Any of those guys that may be on the move? Any of those guys that maybe ha- have a chance to develop alongside Jalen Suggs that that might uh, kind of just become the number two, I guess, to, to Jalen Suggs' number one, if you will? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it one at a time. First, I just want to say I like Suggs. He's one of my favorite guys in the class. I'm a buy on him when his stuff comes out. Let's take it from the other guys. So I actually think ultimately what's going to happen down the line, almost similar, and we'll get into this when we get into free agency stuff with what happened with the Hornets last year. They had Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, right? There's only so many minutes to go around with these guys. Now we're seeing that they have to trade off one of their young, uh, promising guys in Devontae Graham, and they have to let Malik Monk rock in free agency. I think ultimately that's what's going to be what happens here. Let's say one of these four doesn't pan out, and let's say one of the four is going to ultimately get traded or something like that. So, you know, you have to then do your own analysis, figure out who those guys are. I'm happy to provide what I think. I'm not a big Cole Anthony guy. I don't think he is somebody that I believe in long term. I think he's kind of a one trick pony uh, score first uh, with limited upside in every as- other aspect of his game. So to me, he's the guy that I'd be fading. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, if you have Cole Anthony stuff. You know, maybe wait till he ends up in another position if he has a little bit of a chance to shine alongside Suggs in the backcourt. Maybe Suggs, maybe, you know, he goes and slides into that number two role. Suggs makes him look a little better, uh, you know, a two guard role. Uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, RJ Hampton's the interesting guy from a buy low perspective because now he's going to be buried. He looks really good, actually, at the trade deadline last year when yeah. he ended up in Orlando and he got real minutes. Now, some of that could be fool's gold. They were kind of full on tanking. They gave him every opportunity to have the ball in his hands. Um, teams maybe sag off against a lesser opponent. All that's fair, but RJ Hampton's maybe the buy low, deep, deep sleeper of those four for me. And the Magic get another another lottery pick in Franz Wagner at 108, uh, wing from Michigan. I don't know a whole lot about him. I, I, I'm going to lean on you for your analysis on, friend, on Franz Wagner. If you've, if you've got any takes uh, on Franz, is, is the Magic maybe a team that we should be buying with two guys in the lottery? Is there, is, are they a team that we should be looking at come, come box break time? Yeah, Wagner is a really interesting guy. Moe's little brother, much better prospect than Mo Wagner. Uh, supposedly grew from 6'9 to 6'11 in the months leading up to the draft. I mean, wow. that's a huge deal. Uh, Michigan kid was a super, was a star in college with a lot of with a lot of talent. And actually, not a total negative on defense, which you look at that body type, kind of 6'11, um, scorer inside, outside. You might think that he's a total negative on defense that is not the case with him he he works hard on both ends of the floor and it's i think his uh, potential is just getting tapped he's somebody that stock was really rising i know we were all over his props a little bit also going over whatever they started at 10 and a half or something like that i hammered that uh and you know people thought he would either go seven to the warriors or eight to the magic by the by um the time draft rolled around and that's exactly what happened yeah, I mean, the Magic, uh, they have an interesting young core. You know, we just mentioned all those guards. We like Suggs. You know, they have Wendell Carter coming in. Uh, they they brought in Wendell Carter as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, they got, uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac should be coming back from the injury. So, yeah, they're, they're from a hobby perspective, you know, to see a leap over the next couple of years, if even if just a couple of these guys hits, you know, it's it's the same way you stockpile prospects in baseball. You know, if you have nine or ten legitimate young players in the league, you, you really need six or seven, you know, five to seven of them to hit. You're in a pretty good spot. So yeah, I like Suggs. I like Wagner. I like what the Magic did. Any other guys in the lottery that you're interested in before we get into some deep sleepers? I forgot one guy that uh, I'm kind of bookmarking for for later is James Booknight. I kind of like his profile a little bit as a, a bouncy guy, athletic guy, a guy that can score. Wasn't a great three-point shooter, so we'll have to kind of see how that shakes out. Was was an okay free throw shooter, so I think that maybe there's some room for him to be an okay three-point shooter above his 32% that he shot in college. Um, averaged 19 points a game in 2020, 2021, so uh, he's another guy that I'm pretty excited for. He's a guy that I think that can come in and you know kind of be a bouncy guy, a little spark plug that can that can score a little bit, 
off the bat. Yeah. I don't know what you think about Book Knight. I like Book Knight. Electric score. Um, you know, as we just mentioned, they just let Devontae Graham and Malik Monk walk the Hornets sit. So he's stepping right into that third guard role alongside Lamelo and Rogier. So he's gonna have plenty of opportunity. They like to run the three guard offense. And yeah, he slid on draft night. I think there were, he was getting a lot of hype going even as high as six to the thunder in uh, a lot of mock drafts right before the the draft hit, kicked off. So to see him slide towards the end of that lottery was a surprise. Certainly a name to keep an eye on alongside that young, exciting um, Charlotte team. Definitely. Yeah, I see some player comparisons for book night. Now, Jordan Clarkson was one. So six man of the Clarkson year, Jordan Clarkson, that'd be, that'd be a good comp for him. And if he can pr- provide some of that scoring off the bench, uh, and maybe get a role alongside Lamella. That's that's a, a good outlook for a guy like that, especially early on in his career. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, other than Book Knight, who I'm with you on, liking, I just think there's some interesting names to keep an eye on. You know, we, we know what the Thunder are doing right now. They're taking as many upside guys as they can while they have all these entire assets. Uh, it's interesting to see that Josh Giddy out of Australia was the guy that they had their eye on. Um, guard who could be, you know, I think has a ton of upside uh, from a scoring perspective. And, you know, 6'8", I believe. So big, big point guard uh, or combo guard. They took him six overall. You know, same guy, same ways with these guys like Poku. And, you know, they turned Dort into something. They just gave SGA the max. Um, You know, Presti knows what he's doing. Uh, There's no doubt about it. I'm not saying this kid's going to turn into something great. I haven't watched much film of Giddy. uh, But it's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Can he be a running mate next to SGA? You know, if this team does, if this does work, the the kind of process, mini process that they're going through in SGA, in Oklahoma City, he will be uh, an interesting name because he's going to have every opportunity to be out there on the floor. All right, enough of these young pups. We'll have plenty of chances to talk about these guys coming up as as products start to roll out and we get more involved with box breaks and things like that. We got to get to the bell of the ball because every year NBA free agency takes over. There's trades, there's names on the move, there's names getting max contracts that you don't think should get max contracts. Duncan freaking Robinson is getting $90 million. So there's plenty to talk about with NBA free agency, even though the big names haven't necessarily been there. But there's going to be some some guys that are on the move that that really create on court impacts. So I'll I'll leave I'll see the floor to you. Where where do you want to begin with NBA free agency? Is there a team? Is there a name? Is there something that stands out to you as a good place to start? Well, you mentioned Duncan Robinson. Let's start with the Heat. I I actually loved that Duncan Robinson contract. To me, um, it was a good, it was actually a good deal. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. He's he's the best shooter in the league outside of Steph yeah, Curry. So I know. Uh, you know, and for what that team is building, you got to keep him around. And I I listen. I I like it. Um, so big news. Probably the biggest actual changing hands or changing team free agent signing was Kyle Lowry, which kind of leaked out right before free agency started that the Heat were closing in on on him. Uh, gave him a three year deal. Uh, big money, thirty, I think thirty million a year, right? So, uh, Jimmy Butler also is coming in to get the extension. So the Heat are going all in, uh, which is interesting in the time of the Nets window, in the time of the Bucks and the Sixers being there. But you know, with Bam probably going to be, you know, should take another step up. Butler now Lowry is going to fit in, slide in perfectly next to those two. You got Duncan Robinson under control. Uh, they are a very, very intriguing team to me, uh, both on the court. And what that could possibly mean for their potential hobby prices, because we've seen Pat Riley kind of take these teams to next steps before as, as soon as two years ago. And now this roster is much better than that one. Um, Lowry to me has always been a little underappreciated in the hobby. If he could do it again on this team, somebody to, to keep an eye on, but Butler's the the one for me that if he can, you know, be the, the alpha on a team that is a top three or four seed here and really make a run. Uh, he's somebody that to me is still, still undervalued as a top 15, 20 guy in the league. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're really going all in. They're, you know, 36-year-old Kyle Lowry. They signed Jimmy Buckets to the four-year max. He's going to be, what, 36 or 37 by the time that yeah. deals up. Uh, they give Duncan Robinson a young guy five years. P.J. Tucker comes in for two years, yeah. uh, $15 million. So, you know, if a team is signing P.J. Tucker, they're, <laughs> they're really trying to make a title run, right? Um, Absolutely. So, like you said, I, I guess the biggest talking point is, is, is it enough? And is it enough at the right time? I guess is is the biggest question mark are do they have enough to contend with the nets if it's a healthy nets team that they've also made some under the radar moves that I think we should talk about at least from an on court perspective and what those yeah. what the what the big 3 are going to do um but man I don't I don't know if if that's enough if you're the heat Kyle Lowry Jimmy Butler bam and then you know some of these shooters and some of these you know 3 and D guys I don't know if that's enough to get over that big 3 in Brooklyn and then of course, you got Giannis coming back, who yeah. looked unstoppable in the finals too. So it, it, it's it's a lot to take in. But I think if you want to make the the case that the Heat can B 
be a, an Easter Conference Finals contender or win a championship. I think you're also banking on a BAM uh, breakout, uh, another step forward for BAM. I've been big on BAM. I love BAM's upside. I don't. It's not necessarily Giannis-type upside, but he needs to take a step offensively. We, we saw him completely shrink in round one last this year. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if this team's going to take a leap and if, if that's the bet that you want to make, then – there's young guys like Tyler Hero that we saw have a ton of hobby value that's going to need to take a step forward. Bam's going to need to take a step forward. And then obviously Jimmy, I mean, that his his stuff is going to balloon if he can take a team like this past someone like the Nets or someone like Milwaukee and get to a finals. Yeah, so I'm glad you, you mentioned Bam in more detail because I was going to do it as well. So he's the guy for me that I've actually been buying. So I've yes. been doing it since the Heat were eliminated in the playoffs and the 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 dip. Um, and I know we've kind of backed away from base cards totally on this podcast and kind of in the hobby as a whole. But as we mentioned, things pre-2018, there's still some, some gems out there. So to me, the Bam base PSA 10 Prism um, from 2017 is a buy. So I actually uh, have a couple of these myself, but there's only 763 pop on, on this card. It's not yeah. that bad. And it's floating around 90 to hundred bucks. So, you know, then that's from highs of over 200 in the middle of the season. So like uh, that to me is such a nice buy while that pop stays, even if it gets up to the mid mid like 1500 range, like, uh, you know, between a thousand and 2000, uh, I like that that card a lot and i've been buying some uh optic hollow stuff rookie of him the difference between him and some other traditional big man is is that he's not again he, he does a lot he's super athletic he's uh, an all-world defender and i think he's going to keep adding things to his game because he's so young you know team usa is trusting him to be their starting center right now like he's yeah. um you know he he's a really exciting prospect and as you mentioned the heat need him to step take a step up and i think they need tyler hero to go back to uh end of rookie year tyler hero instead of second year slump tyler hero yeah, they need they need bubble hero back if they're gonna yeah. take the take the step forward. I, I yeah. can't believe that. I I've been buying BAM dating back to when I first, you know, first started getting in, getting into buying physical cards. So I can't believe that, that BAM's price is that low. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, even even a silver PSA 10, which got which has a pop of 449, can be found anywhere from 300 uh, I guess 390 to 460 right now. I love that. So incredibly reasonable prices. Again, the pops are gonna remain fairly low on these because they are pre-2018 we're seeing those pops stay low for all those guys yeah so yeah that's a great buy and that's someone like you like you're doing you can just stack a few of those up and if there's ever times that you want to you know offload a position of that at, at a profit you can certainly do that while holding on to more of that bet exactly yeah i have a bunch of them i have like an orange prism rookie um, yeah. i have a flawless rpa so like maybe the higher end stuff i would hold a little bit but yeah i'm probably gonna do just that like I, i'm stacking up a bunch of these base and again, again like i'm not huge on base at all you guys know this about me probably at this point my real investments are on colored and mm -hmm. stuff that i know the circulation on but pre-2018 there are some gems out there and i really do think this is one right now uh, i i go buy some bam uh, base psa 10 prisms if i'm i'm all of you all right, let's let's keep it in the Eastern Conference. If the Heat made the biggest move so far of the NBA free agency period, the Bulls are probably number two, uh, along with maybe a, a Western Conference team we'll get into here in a second. But the Bulls make a couple splash moves so far this preseason. They signed Lonzo, which they had been linked to uh, a couple days before free agency began. Four years, $85 million, Huge upgrade for the Bulls at point guard. Then they go out. They had DeMar DeRozan, uh, Alex Caruso, who am I forgetting? Any what other what other names are now in town for the Bulls? But it, regardless, it seems like they've got an upgraded roster. I would say there's still probably a ceiling on that roster. Oh yeah, that's that's headlined by Lonzo and Zach Levine and Vucevic and Demar Derozan. I don't think that team, if, if we're talking about the Heat, maybe struggling to get out of the East with Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and Bam. I think this team certainly has a ceiling on it. I don't know if they'll ever make a three. That's not fair. That's not fair. Lonzo Ball became a good three-point shooter. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> but this team is going to be. This team's going to mid-range you to death. Uh, I don't know. What What are your takeaways from what the Bulls decided to go out and do this offseason? And and was it the right thing to do from from a basketball perspective? And then yeah, yeah. What should we be looking at from a hobby perspective for some of these guys? I have very solidified takes from a basketball perspective. They made that Vucevic trade in the regular season uh, in the trade deadline. They gave up two first round picks. To me, that was a disaster right off the bat. I thought yeah. it at the time. And now they're desperate. They're desperate to be good. And, and like in, in credit to them, they made their roster much better 
much, much better. You know, they, they signed DeMar DeRozan, who I can't believe they gave $28 million to guaranteed for three years. I cannot believe it. And this economy? Right. I like, I don't mind the Lonzo contract. That's right. fine. Um, Caruso, I'm a huge Caruso fan, and he's a very good defensive point guard. So, yeah, yeah huge upgrades to the roster. And now they're going to have a full season of Vucevic. But I'll, to quote our good friend Mike Gallagher, he said it in Slack today to me. Um, yeah, selling out for the six seed during the Nets window is certainly a choice. <laughs> Uh, so yes, it is. And they're basically like, from that perspective, it's a poor man's heat, right? Like the heat are doing it with their actual, maybe an actual chance to compete where the bulls are doing it, um, with let's be real. If everything goes according to plan and, and next year's a regular season with like not crazy injuries and everything, uh, they, you know, let's, yeah. but like, listen, we just saw a season where the Suns and the Bucks were in the finals. You never know. You never know. But right. Uh, and the Hawks yeah, made I mean, a run and the Hawks, you yeah, know, and the Hawks, the Hawks, right. the Hawks are the better example, right? The Hawks made a right. run. So uh, to me, it's it's pro- like just to transition from a hobby perspective. Uh, Lonzo, uh, I want to talk to you quickly about Lonzo because I know you had kind of put a position a little bit on Lonzo there. Um, did you do any selling off of that Lonzo right before the free agency uh, market? Yeah. So I posted the posted on Twitter. Uh, I basically took your advice. I remembered your wise words: hype <laughs> deserves an auction. And I it was does. getting prepared for this. I had I had the drafts set. I've got a few Lonzo base cards, PSA ten, same same class uh, with Bam yeah. twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. So knew the pop. Pop counts weren't super high, but I think a lot of people are doing the same thing that I'm doing. But with that said, I posted a day before free agency started because I kind of thought this thing was going to get underway fairly quickly. It seemed like he was pretty pretty set in going to Chicago. Chicago was pretty set on signing him, and the Pelicans weren't going to worry about matching. So I posted a day before, and the second that that thing got announced, my views, my bids, uh, my watches went through the roof. Most yeah. I've ever had on any card. I haven't yeah, sold a whole yeah. lot on eBay, but most I've ever had on any card. Uh, and that auction ends in, I think, two days. Nice. So I think that we're going to see that just from what I'm seeing from my own perspective. We're going to see that Lonzo ball market peak fairly soon and then probably drop off. And the, the thing is, I actually like Lonzo. I actually like yeah. Lonzo a little bit more long term, too. You know, we've talked about this enough in the past, the cultural aspect. And now he's playing in the Chicago market and he really improved last season, too. So for me, there's a lot to like with Lonzo. I just know that right now is probably the most in the short term that I'm going to get. And I'll try and find a window to buy maybe a little bit of a month down the road or two months down the road. Or if the Bulls start the season slow, then maybe I can, you know, maybe I can pick off a few pieces there. So exactly. First of all, yeah. shout out to you for helping me maximize my selling window because that literally when I saw that, you know, Bulls interested in ball, I was like, okay, it, I've got to sell, right? Because yeah. this thing's going to go nuts. And I think it is. I think that you know, the next 24 hours, we'll probably see that market peak, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but as more well, names get announced in free agency, I think that thing's really going to slow down. It, it's all the things we said, right? 23 years old, going from New Orleans to a big market, big name, high upside. Like it's all the the reasons to people would be excited when he when he changes hands and, and that's yeah. what's happening. So good on you. And yeah, you nailed it. Like you'll there, just even when the, this lulls down, like after summer league, people forget right. about NBA actually for a couple months. Um yeah, you might have behind windows. And like maybe then you'll want to dive into some of the more, you know, shorter printed stuff at, at uh prices when that stuff dies down. So totally uh good on you there. Um, just to stay on the bulls real quick. I actually think this is a good thing for Zach Levine. He's got his best supporting cast ever. Uh super flashy player. I actually think his market is decent. Uh, I don't have those numbers in front of me right now, but to me, um, he's somebody whose name is probably not going to be as brought up right now as DeRozan and um, Lonzo because he's, you know, nothing's happening to him exactly. But he's somebody that I would now be looking to buy as this offseason goes on a little bit. So wait for the free agency noise to die down a little bit. Maybe wait for the Olympics to be over in case he has a couple of big moments in the last two games. But now over the next month or so, that's a that's a buy target for me because I do think the Bulls too take a step up, whether they're the four through six seed. You know, I think they're a 46 plus win team, maybe 44, 46 to win team. Um, and, you know, we see him taking progressions, especially on the offensive end. He's, he's an elite all world offensive player. Uh, so, you know, that is really interesting to me as Zach Levine as a buy. All right. Let's talk about the other side of that because Lonzo was the big news going from new Orleans to Chicago. Obviously we'll see that, that market do what it's going to do over the next couple of days and weeks and months. Um, man, the Pelicans really seem like early on they're failing Zion early mm-hmm. in his career. They do. I don't want to, I don't want to go that far maybe yet, but they bring back, Devontae Graham and Tomasz Janaranski and and just a bunch of dudes like you, yeah. you've got to start to think about maximizing Zion and it seems like there's already some frustration there so so what are you what are your thoughts on what the Pelicans are doing around Zion right now 
I actually understand Griffin's approach this year. First of all, he's desperate to keep his job. I think they also, we should should uh, not fail to mention, before the draft, they traded, they got Steven Adams in the, uh, off the books yeah. and they traded for Jonas Valanciunas. And doing that and letting Lonzo walk and then bringing somebody like Devonte Graham, it's pretty clear what they're doing. I think they want to do more of what they did towards the end of the year, point Zion, which is what yep. they should have been doing all year. So point Zion and then you surround him with more playmakers and shooters. So Devonte Graham, um, pretty good scorer. Pretty good, very good shooter. Not great around the rim. He needs to improve there. But um, I, somebody I actually like, I was investing a lot in him when I first got into the hobby when things were still down and he was kind of having that that um, comeback or he was like in the running for most improved player two years ago. Uh, so I actually have a ton of his stuff. I will. I hope there's a window there when the Pelicans actually take a leap that I can kind of offload some of it. But I like Devontae Graham as a player. Uh, so I'm not, I don't hate what the Pelicans did this year as much as last year. That's for sure with that stupid Steven Adams signing. But there's no doubt about it. I mean, they're kind of hamstringing them, themselves no matter how they, they look at this. Um, and I, I just hope that that works, that points eye on thing. And, and you kind of, um, you know, the Valanchunas and the, and the Grams of the world work around him, but you know, Zion should have every opportunity to take center stage. So as long as he stays healthy, um, it's the Zion show there this year. That's for sure. And they can't be any worse getting Eric Bledsoe off the books too. That's for sure. As part yeah. of that, Stephen Adams get, get, getting him out of I, town should I, help. I love that deal for them. I really did. I mean, yeah, I'm a huge Valanchunas fan. I think Valanchunas is a great player, really underappreciated. And and unless you were like grinding DFS last year, you might not know how good he really was. Yeah. Like he was a fantastic, fantastic center last year. Um, you know, struggles defensively a little bit, but uh, pretty, pretty, pretty um, fantastic uh, scorer and great rebounder as well. So I think he fits much nicer next to. Uh, Zion, but at defensively, they're going to be a dumpster fire. That's the problem. Yeah. They, you know, they really are going to be a dumpster fire defensively. All right. We should give ourselves plenty of time to close things out here with uh, both my Lakers and your Knicks Let's do it. to discuss everything that's happened. Anything real quick before we, before we kind of uh, derail the show here with some Knicks and Lakers talks, any, anybody else you want to touch on before we go there? Just real quick to circle back to the Bulls very quickly. Kobe White, very interesting guy, right? He was probably yeah. the third or fourth biggest prospect in the RJ Zion class uh, two years ago now. Um, he's kind of buried there now, right? They have, they have Lonzo, they have Caruso, um, they have DeRozan. Uh, I don't know. They, clearly he was falling out of favor with that coaching staff for most of last year. Towards the end of the year, they, they brought him back into the starting lineup and he was at least producing from a numbers perspective. I don't know if I have some sort of bias against UNC point guards. I'm not a huge Kobe White guy <laughs> either. Uh, as same with Cole Anthony. I think he has potential to be a good scorer, but to me, like, honestly, his ceiling's like Lou Williams type. If he ever actually could refine his skill set. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you're holding, I, I'm luckily, I bought a lot of guys in that class. Kobe white was never one of them. If you're holding Kobe white, I think you have to hold right now. That's really it. And he, you just wait for him to find himself in a better situation or to actually take a leap. Um, but he's, he's kind of in a, a, kind of in a holding pattern. If you're one, if you're if the opposite of me and you like Kobe white as a player, by all means, you're going to have opportunities to buy now that he's taking a backseat. All right. Give me, give me a second here on my Lakers. Okay. Because yeah, let's go. Lakers, a, Laker time. a whole, a whole lot happened with my Lakers and it started out uh, a, a little sketchy. We'll, we'll just say that. Uh, I mean, that when it was first announced, I think the rumors were, were starting to swirl first, I think with, with Woj that it was going to be what Kuzma basically, and then picks for buddy healed. Yep. I got pretty excited. Right? I love that. I would love that because Buddy's a shooter. That's what you need to surround LeBron with. You need, you need the ball in LeBron's hands. You need him to create. You need him to kick. And you need him to have shooters. And I was I was pretty stoked for that. And then Shams comes uh, from the top rope, and he's like, no, 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 no. It's it's not Buddy healed. It's going to be coups and picks and whatever scraps thrown in for Russell Westbrook. And I, like everybody else on NBA Twitter, had the same reaction, like, what, what? There's one basketball. We don't need it. We don't need the basketball being taken away from LeBron and put in Russell Westbrook's hands, right? Oh, Where's yeah. the shooting going to come from? Would this team ever make a three-point shot? And so that deal gets announced, and you know, I'm kind of panicking, right? I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to waste the, they're going to waste these final years of LeBron with Russell <laughs> Westbrook. The ball is going to be in Russell Westbrook's hands. He's going to be shooting 22% from three. He's going to be taking wild shots at the end of uh, at the end of games, and it's just going to be a nightmare. And then they kind of come out and surprise me a little bit. Shout out to Palinka and shout out to the Lakers. They add, uh, on top of adding Russell Westbrook, they had Kendrick Nunn uh, in a deal that was announced today. Love Incredible. that. Incredible. And then they just add a bunch of freaking shooters around it, man. They get Wayne, Wayne Ellington. They re-sign THT. They've got Malik Monk, Kent Bazemore. Uh, Carmelo Anthony comes to town. Carmelo Anthony can still hit a three. Trevor Ariza is good for a corner three. And then Dwight Howard's back. So I really love how they rounded out this roster uh, around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Obviously, all of this is going to hinge on their health. 
um, and a lot of the pieces that they brought in don't have a whole lot of value from uh, a hobby perspective, maybe outside of none, maybe THT, but Monk. The, Monk. I'm a huge yeah, but that's, that's true. We got, we got to talk about Monk in a second here because yeah, you, you and I are both in on Monk, but I think if anything, this just solidifies at least another window for LeBron. I think the team sure. is good enough now as can, as currently constructed. We'll see what happens come playoff time. As we've talked about again, there's only one basketball. You don't want it to be taken out of LeBron's hands at the end of games or when it's in crunch time and you don't want Westbrook throwing up wild shots, but I think he can do enough in the, in the regular season and early on in the postseason to take some of that load off LeBron. So LeBron is fresh sure. come that time. We'll, we'll see what happens and it'll position them if the inevitable comes when one of those guys gets injured, they'll still be in a, a spot where they're not playing a play in game because they've got someone capable like Russ to carry the team for a couple of weeks if need be. Yep. So I've rambled on very passionate. Most of any LeBron stuff that I'm going to buy is be, going to be coming from like a fractional aspect, right? Okay. Anything that I'm interested in from LeBron is, is mostly coming from rally or collectible or Otis. Uh, and actually collectible has a really interesting offering. I think it opens for trading tomorrow. They've got a BGS nine uh, dual logo man with mellow and LeBron, Ooh. which could you imagine what that card does? If mellow and LeBron win a title together in LA, it's really I mean, fun that, that they're teammates. It really it's is. Cre- it's incredible. So all that to say is, is I love this for the Lakers. I love this for LeBron. Don't let people tell you that there's going to be spacing issues or, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> okay. There might still be, but <laughs> we'll just ignore that for now. I think how they surrounded the roster with other, with these other pieces, especially Nunn, Monk, Ellington, these guys that can, that can shoot and create a little bit, uh, I think is good for them. So I think it's good for LeBron. I think it's good for a uh, uh, chase for another ring. And I'm, I'm not completely throwing in the towel after the Westbrook trade. Yeah, you I, you you nailed all the Laker analysis. I won't go too deep on it. Other than for me and my personal grades, their offseason when the Westbrook trade went from an F to like through today a B B plus. So um, yeah, everything you said. There's no way around it. You can't you cannot tell me that Westbrook and LeBron feel good together. Fit, fit well together, <laughs> right. they don't. Uh, Westbrook is the most ball dominant player we've had in the league for a long time. LeBron needs a ball. It's that simple. Then you throw an AD into the mix. It just doesn't it doesn't work. Uh, however, what they've done over the last couple of days was absolutely the best possible way to build a roster around the those three stars. So yeah, you nailed it there. Um, so, you know, and, and the only other thing there is LeBron, uh, GM LeBron has been bad for most of, of his career. Like let's not beat around the bush. Don't and, remind me. And Don't, like, yeah, it's been brutal. Westbrook is just, he's a LeBron guy. Now. They, like all the, by all reports, they've become pretty good friends over the last couple of years. Westbrook's coming home. Maybe you can get him to buy in a little bit. That'd be great. I want to talk about Westbrook from a hobby perspective quickly, because to me, uh, and it, he's one of those, again, uh, late 2010s tops Chrome, which are lower pop generally, 2008 tops Chrome. But to me, he's about to be positioned to have the best hobby value we ever had. Because as you said, this Laker team now with what they've done with all these shooters and building out a pretty good and doing a good job getting guys to take less money to come there, by the way. That's just yeah. a sidebar. But, um, you know, he's going to be now in a position where we've already know he's one of the best regular season players in a long time. He's triple double king, all of that. But if they actually can make this work and compete, he's going to be in his best position by far to win a title. You know, obviously they had that one title appearance when uh, the puppies were all young with him, Harden and, and KD. But, uh, you know, if he wins a title um, alongside LeBron, I do think, listen, just put one ring on his finger. I don't care how he gets it done. You're going to see that go to new hype. So think about buying Westbrook if you're a Westbrook guy already. That's all I'll say about that. He's a flashy guy that does that has hobby hype, deserves hobby hype, and is going to be in his best situation to get a ring that he's ever been in. So yeah, uh, and, and just just quickly before I let you get to your Knicks, I'll give you your I'll give you your spotlight, your fifteen minutes in in, in the spotlight. Two thousand eight tops Chrome Russell Westbrook PSA ten pop count is one nineteen on that exactly. exactly. So price is already up a little bit. Uh, obviously, not a whole lot of sales, but people taking advantage. Um, current price on that is two thousand dollars, so up yep. about twenty five percent over the last two weeks. Uh, which would include some time after that deal was announced. So, you know, I wouldn't hate even looking for some of those things raw, honestly. I was say the same uh, exact if, thing. Yeah, yeah, if you can't if you can't get your hands on two grand um, or even a PSA nine three hundred ninety five dollars, that's got to pop at two seventy one. I just there's not a, like I you said that. there's not a there's not a whole lot of these in circulation. That you said so, a PSA nine is three hundred seventy five dollars. Yeah, on a three ninety five out of two seventy one for his two thousand eight top ten. That is is only a hundred something pop. Yeah, so PSA nine's three ninety five with the two seventy one yeah. pop, and a PSA ten's got one hundred nineteen pop, and it's two grand. I love the PSA nine buy. I might buy yeah. one of those if I can go find it. I'm serious. That's a great buy. Um, PSA nine, the stigma is getting better on it. 
And it's especially for things like that, that have low pop on the PSA 10. They were lower circulation to begin with. Um, the PSA 9 will always make more sense on a card like that. Uh, to me, I love that. So yeah, good, good. thank you for, for the numbers there, um, Westbrook. And last thing, Monk and Kendrick Nunn, we, you, you mentioned them quickly. I yeah. know we're rambling about the Lakers, but both guys, Kendrick Nunn actually had a lot of hobby love when he was just this darling that made an all-rookie team two years ago out of nowhere for the Heat. They had to let him walk based on their contract situation here. Um, but he's going to fit really well around them. And I like, he. it's it's a really interesting situation to see somebody take a two-year, $10 million deal. I believe that's what it was, right? Um, yep. At this early on in his career, like uh, there, there was a report Sean said the Knicks offered him much more money to come be the point guard there, but he he's wants to go get a ring this early stage of his career and take less money. You know, if he could do that and then go get his bigger contract and then go be a, uh, you know, a, a, a bigger piece of a team. I'm not saying he's any kind of superstar, but he certainly can be a seventh, you know, sixth, seventh guy on a team. Um, yeah, that's an interesting spot. He's somebody that has hobby values. Just keep an eye on him. Uh, Monk is the other guy to me. So he finally, finally, late bloomer last year, but was a huge guy from that 2017 class. Um, you know, there was a lot of people debating Frank Nilakina, Malik Monk, Dennis Smith, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell uh, was the four guards towards the end of the lottery that year. We, we all know how that shook out. But Malik Monk was somebody I've been waiting on and waiting on, and he really – made the most of his time on that Hornets team last year. Finally shot 40% from three. Uh, I was really hoping the Knicks would get him and maybe we'll transition into the Knicks there. But I'm just saying also another guy that when those guys are resting in the regular season, when, you know, he's going to have so many looks at great shots on this team. Uh, I just, I just like him. I think, and I think I do think he'll have more opportunities later in his career to have even bigger role. So he's somebody else. Here's like. the thing real quick before I let you transition. Uh, we'll take another half a second here. Malik Monk. Panini Prism, PSA 10, and a silver because he's from that 2017 class. There's not a whole lot of either the base or the silver, but I think you can. He, he's at a low enough price point that you can target that silver. Uh, was going for $75 before the trade was announced or before the signing was announced to LA. That thing quickly popped up to $125, but here's the thing. One-year deal, right, with the Lakers. If he shows out as a sixth man or seventh man and, and can continue to show these a 40% guy from three or 38 39% guy from three, there might be another deal. He's just 23 still. He might be able to sign another deal going after that. And there, there might actually be some hobby value with Malik Monk, not only short-term with the Lakers and when he's filling in for some of these resting stars, but also down the road if he gets a, if he gets another contract opportunity. So yep. really cheap guy. I think he can get there. I don't know what the ceiling is on Malik Monk's hobby value. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about 2017. He's four years in, five years into his career now by the time that he's up for another contract. But Pretty cheap if you want to take a stab. There might also be a point that you can off- offload some of that uh, in the postseason if they make a run too. Yeah, I mean, it's all relative. Even if his ce- hobby ceiling is 250 bucks on that PSA 10, like just right. say forever in his career, like maybe that's the player he is. You know, we, we still think that he can he has a lot of room to grow in that, in that case. So uh, yeah, somebody we both really like, 23 years old, and he's Kentucky, pedigree, can create a little bit as, as uh, instead of just shooting. So um, yeah, maybe it was a late bloomer. You know, maybe hopefully last year wasn't just the one year wonder, but um, in a great position to succeed. I'll do the transition right over to my Knicks quickly. Uh, please, not a, please, not just tell me it's please tell yeah. me it's good news for RJ Barrett. That's all that matters. I think it's good news for RJ Barrett. That's what I'll say. So the, <laughs> the Knicks are basically running it back with Evan Fournier and our new rookies. So Evan Fournier t- replaces our Reggie Bullock, and everything else is the same. We re-signed Eric Rose, re-signed Nerlens Noel, re-signed Alec Burks, re-signed Taj Gibson. Um, as somebody that absolutely adored that team last year, I'm not going to be that mad at that. Now here's the problem: the Knicks had cap space, the most cap space in the league, 52 million dollars. Um, you have to spend it or you keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, the the thing, all this really tells me is that the front office thinks their way of acquiring a star is through a trade because you need to have those contracts to match those big trades up. That's really all this tells me. Um, and also reports came out today that pretty much all those years were two plus one. So two-year deals with a team option on the third. Uh, Fournier, I believe, will be a three plus one. So nothing should be not movable. Uh, so I don't hate these this Knicks offseason as, as, much, as, as much as some of Knicks Twitter does. All I'll say from a hobby perspective is by by basically running it back with a little bit of improvement in the roster, I think it creates it's a great situation for our guy, RJ, because he's going to have the same role as he did last year with the opportunity to take that third year leap. He's still, again, we've mentioned he's only 20. Just, he just had his first sip of a drink a couple months ago. So he uh, is, you know, he, he's he's got a real opportunity to take another leap here with the same roster around him. And uh, same thing with Julius Randle will be the centerpiece there. So 
not not too much on, on my Knicks. Um, it is what it is. I, I was hoping for more of a point guard upgrade, and that might still happen. There is going to be some more cap space they have because that Rose contract is going to be on the early bird rights, it looks like. So uh, maybe a Dennis Schroeder type of, of thing that they maneuver things might might still be coming to the Knicks. So keep an eye there. But um, yeah, not not too much on, on New York. Yeah, things to keep in mind too is uh, Emmanuel quickly. Obi Toppin, maybe some some steps forward for those guys. Uh, I don't know what you think about Mitchell Robinson having a little bit of hobby love. Obviously, big man, maybe yeah. not there yet, but he's he's kind of a, a name that pops up in our DFS circles too. Might get it, might get a little hobby love. I guess my biggest question with your New York Knicks is Thibodeau going to let RJ Barrett initiate some of the offense a little bit more this year? That was like you said, you you think maybe his role can grow a little bit. That's my biggest hope for RJ Barrett and for especially for his hobby value. And for his growth as a player, it's just for him to be able to initiate a little bit more. I'll take that from from both quickly and and Barrett because if they actually don't make any more major moves and they're actually running with Derrick Rose and Emmanuel quickly, and then second round pick Deuce McBride, who I love by the way, one of my favorite picks of the draft, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, if that's actually their point guard rotation, yeah, there's no there's no doubt RJ Barrett's going to have to have his ball in his hands in his hands more. Um, you know, Alec Burks is still there and he'll kind of be that backup bench point guard as well. But yeah, quickly and Barrett, if this roster does stay how it is right now, are in very good positions to have the ball in their hands more and see their already growing hobby love take another leap next year for sure. All right, we'll leave it there. Some of the the most fun times in the hobby, some of the most fun times in the sports world. Gary and I both love the transaction along with the action. So MLB trade talk, NBA draft. NBA free agency. We're going to transition next week because football is really picking up. Uh, and as someone who is going to be playing a whole lot of preseason DFS, yes, that's right. There is NFL preseason DFS. I will be playing. I will be producing content for it. If you're interested in preseason DFS, yes, you heard me right. NFL preseason DFS. If you're interested, check out the analysis tab on EstablishTheRun.com. We've got a preseason package there to give you everything you need. Go ahead and get signed up. You'll get all my content. You'll get all that good stuff there. Uh, but if not, just, just hang out here, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. And like I said, we'll be shifting hard to NFL talk. Show your boy Cody some love, man. He crushes the pre he crushed the preseason game. He crushed the pre-preseason game. He's ready to go for the Hall of Fame game this week. We're really excited. You know, obviously at each year, football's our bread and butter. Uh, you know, Cody and I are both huge football guys. We cannot wait. We're right around the corner. Football's coming up and it will be covered heavily on this show. Meanwhile, I hope you enjoyed the NBA free agency talk. I know we're over an hour here, but we missed a week. So I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, we got NBA Summer League this week. So watch for a little market movement for second and third year guys. Very exciting stuff coming up. All right, for Gary, for Ben DiNucci, Mason Rudolph, I'm Cody. See you later. Peace.